Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program. The phone number is 603-283-6160. Should you wish to join us, you can bring up whatever you want to discuss here. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Chris. And, of course, you can join us online anytime you want. Just head over to freetalklive.com and do enjoy the features that we have there for you. Once again, that is freetalklive.com. Chris, you and I both had uh, the same story in our independently gathered show prep. We don't compare notes until right before we start. And we have this story about the uh, pirate streaming services being ordered to be blocked by every internet service provider in the United States. A court, a uh, man in a robe has ordered that all ISPs block a set of websites. And I don't know if you want to share the story or if you want me to go go for it. Um, I've got it here in front of me from, yeah, uh, go for it. from Ars Technica, where a federal judge has ordered all Internet service providers in the United States. And this sounds unprecedented to me. I mean, you pay close attention to tech. There's, mm-hmm. we, this is what we fought soap over and won. Mm-hmm. And here are judges going and saying that these ISPs have to start blocking. And Legislating blocking. from the bench. Right, right. Uh, block three pirate streaming services operated by what they call Doe Defendants, D-O-E, as in like John Doe, meaning they don't know who the operators are, uh, who never showed up to court and hid behind false identities. The blocking orders affect websites... A wise plan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, affect websites Israel.tv, Israeli-tv.com, and sdarat.tv as well as related domains listed in the rulings and any other domains where the copyright infringing websites may resurface in the future. So, sort of an open-ended... Is there any place where they may not resurface? The choice of words here is... That could happen anywhere or nowhere. Yeah, it's funny because of the choice of words. It's something like identify, you know, detect... They use the word like detect or something, like detect change or something. It's like... That, that's not what ISPs do. They don't detect, change it. Like, how are they supposed to detect yeah, a website doesn't make any or whatever? Sense. They right? can go and register yeah, whatever it, other domain name they want to, it's, right? It's very bizarre. It's, it's mm-hmm. clearly coming, it, it comes off as coming from a judge who doesn't understand what it is they're ruling. Which is frighteningly common. Yeah, I mean, basically they're saying something like, the ISPs have to implement some sort of like upload filter or something, or like DNS filter, like on top of just blocking the website. Uh, by the way, I did just try to go to visit one of these sites. It's still on, so I guess our ISP here hasn't gotten the, the heads up yet. I checked, too. I, I Same thing. Could mm-hmm. access it, no problem. Uh, so, let's see. They also, uh, the orders came in three essentially identical rulings issued uh, last, late last month in U.S. District Court for the Southern District of New York. That's the same court, by the way, of the same uh, district that put Ross Ulbricht behind bars for two life sentences plus 40 years. So not exactly a friendly jurisdiction to uh, freedom of speech. No, definitely not. Wow. Those guys should be taken out and maimed. The, uh, each ruling provides a list of 96 ISPs that are expected to block the websites, including Comcast, Charter, AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile. But the rulings say that all ISPs must comply even if they aren't on the list. That's interesting in a lot of ways. And I have to, wow. you know, there is, I forget what there does was. Does that include VPN providers? I believe it does, actually. It's it's interesting because there is, 
I feel like there's something to where you're not necessarily subject to the court's jurisdiction necessarily. And I'm not sure. I don't know enough about it. Generally, judges can't issue orders to people who don't who aren't a party to a suit mm. in their court. Yeah, it's like a judge um, saying uh, to, say, a reporter they can't report on it or something, even though they're not party to the case. Yeah, yeah. And there are some limited areas where that happens. For example, gag orders. Um, the gag order uh, regarding the uh, the streamed version of my trial, for example, right. people were in theory bound by that even if they weren't a party to anything that happened um in the court although it it would be interesting to see what happened if they actually tried to enforce them. yeah and it's mm. interesting because those those uh they you know, can that, say anything they want order, because limits to what they can do. yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure if it's quite a gag order because you were allowed to report on it but you weren't allowed to sh- uh, record it, I think is what the the way you phrased it. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, basically, but, you weren't allowed to store the video, to share the video, um, which people did. To and, me, I I know, and I so, I, I appreciate that. I that suspect they're trying smile. to find out who those people were. Whether they can successfully do that is another question. At least mm-hmm. one of the videos that was published, it was a snippet from from it, mm-hmm. so they could they could definitely identify that person. So they seem to have simply chosen or not pursued it. So they could identify the person think who they can identify that person. You're saying they could identify the recording yeah. person? Uh, 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 at least the person who was distributing a video with a piece of that recording. Uh, well, okay, the, that's again the, the other question is: Can mm. they go after someone who is distributing a video that someone else recorded, or can they only go after the people well, who were in the quote-unquote that, courtroom? That's, that's a good question, and, it, and you, you don't even know if the person heard mm-hmm. the judge say that. You know, somebody who's sure. recording may not have mm-hmm. recorded that part of it. Right. On when if they you came in late, and right. they might not know they're transmitting the uh, the video. What about Google? Right, and it's if it's if somebody recorded it, gave it to somebody else, and then they used a snippet of the video, they might not even remember who they got it from in the first place. Mm-hmm. The source material, mm-hmm. they might not even have the source material. Sure. What One of the things that I'm doing with uh, image files from Cell Four One One is I take the encoded file, I turn it into a bitmap, so it's nothing but a bunch of pixels, mm-hmm. and then I re-encode it to uh try to uh remove any fingerprints from uh, the image okay like the exif data mm. i think they call it when you can't, yeah. so you, you can't you can't do that completely uh because the it, it has to do uh, when you take a picture there's basically even if you remove the metadata which is what you're talking about correct um well removing the metadata and also there's um uh it's it's a lossy process so any noise that gets introduced yes. into the image um, then makes it more difficult to identify things like, oh, you've got a pixel out on your camera. Yes. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Because I was just about to say that that doesn't work. Uh, removing just the metadata is not necessarily enough to remove the ability of somebody to connect to two images, one anonymous and one non-anonymously published. So you can connect it to the same camera. Um, it's, so. it's definitely not impossible. It's, It'd be a lot harder though. 
it 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 yeah. makes things harder. Yeah, and and that's the thing. All you can do is make it as hard for them as you can at reasonable cost. Yeah, I mean the the, the solution to those sorts of problems is if you have a printer or you have a camera of some kind and you're doing something where you don't want to be identified as you know uh, identified you basically need to use it for one particular task and only that particular task mm-hmm. um, because otherwise somebody could connect something that you publish non-anonymous right. later later yeah. with the stuff that you published mm-hmm. anonymously and connect the identities but even if you use it only for a single purpose if and when they obtain a search warrant and find that piece the of original equipment, equipment yes uh, that could be a problem. They can easily uh, trace it back. Actually, one thing you could do would be a fuzzifying filter um, that that um, deliberately slightly blurs and alters the image in processing, um, so that you're possibly removing the old artifacts and you're also creating new artifacts. Um, and there's no way to determine where any given artifact came from, which might well introduce some reasonable doubt. Yeah. Or you could just destroy the device. After yeah, you're done with it, it, I feel whatever. the same way. I think the easiest way is to probably just destroy that device, throw it in the yeah. fireplace and let well, it burn. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, phones people use every day. So, you know, you can't you can't destroy your phone every time. Well, they have some cheap, people can they have destroy their phones every time they take a picture. Yeah. I mean, it depends on what you're doing, if you're making money off it and so forth. Right. So, All right. There's right. more coming up here. The number 603-283-6160. We'll talk more about this judge who believes that he can order every internet service provider in the entire country. He's God. The science settled. (laughs) To ban websites. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. The phones are open. You can bring up whatever you want. Uh, The number is 603-283-6160. We started out, and we're going to get back into the story about a judge in New York federal court who is New York City. That has ruled that hundreds of ISPs, basically all of them within the jurisdiction of the United States, uh, need to comply with her order. I thought it was a man. It's actually a Catherine. Uh, But surprisingly, it's not the same Catherine who put Ross Ulbricht in prison for two life sentences plus 40 years. Is this a state or federal judge? Federal court. Catherine Mm. Polk-Falia. Or Falas. Anyway, Falas. I think she'll probably fail to enforce that ruling. Well, that is the big question here is, are the Internet service providers going to fight this ruling? Because she specifically names 96 different ISPs, but then also yeah. says, if even mm-hmm. if you're not named, you got to follow this it, order and take yeah, down these websites. Almost, See, where was their due process? Where did they get a chance I think they, to speak up against? You mean the ISPs? I, I think they the still ISPs. Have, I they, think I, we've. I yeah, think what we've got here is a egregious violation of the First Amendment. Rights. Yeah, they, they have, and I think the ISPs still have an opportunity to. Uh, I don't know if it's appeal because I don't. It's not against them, so I'm not sure how it works. But they have the I opportunity. I don't think you could appeal a ruling to which you were not a party. never a party. No, I think they would have to wait for but action is, to be brought against them. There is some mm-hmm. sort of process that once it comes to you, you have an opportunity to fight it. But has it even come to them? Does Not yet. Every ISP in America know about this. No, I, I think uh, I think it has to be presented. And, and how do you prove that? Yeah, how do you how do you expect how do you them get to find a out? list of every ISP in America? Great question. <laughs> 
So apparently there's a part of the ruling says this. It is further ordered that all ISPs and any other ISPs providing services in the United States shall block access to the website at any domain address known today or to be used in the future by the defendants, which they didn't know who the defendants were because they didn't show up in court, (laughs) by any technological means. So we don't know who they are, but you can't do business with them. So just to be safe, (laughs) don't do business with anybody. Uh, by any technological business means, with nobody. available on the ISP <laughs> systems, the domain addresses and any newly detected websites shall be channeled in such a way that users will be unable to connect and or use the website and will be diverted by the ISP's DNS servers to a landing page operated and controlled by the plaintiffs. Newly detected we websites. We can't figure out who these people are, but you have to. <laughs> newly detected websites. That's the key word in there that's like, huh? What does that even mean? Newly detected What websites. criteria would you use? I mean, how much information has she given these people so they even know what the hell to screen for? Yeah, we, they this don't bitch know. needs a brain transplant. <laughs> they don't know who is behind these websites, so how would they ever determine if the same people make new websites? Well, if 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 it's somebody that the judge doesn't know, I guess you know, because the judge doesn't know who these people are. Yeah, so I, I mean, you can't do any do business with anybody if the judge doesn't know who they are. I mean, they're <laughs> asking them to like implement something in their DNS software mm-hmm. to like somehow like go out and access the website to see if it somehow like matches like some sort of fingerprint with some website clear. that's on the on the but band what list. What fingerprint? I. Mean, I don't know. I I don't know. I guess they would have to create some sort of fingerprint or something. I, I don't know. I, you know I, this I, is the question. It's like, yeah, yeah it's it's absolutely crazy. Or it is makes this, no sense. Or is the court just going to keep updating a list of new websites that they believe are related to the websites in question and just keep on sending course, out orders? That's a big due process issue yeah. as, as well. How do you prove that somebody's the same person that you couldn't identify in the, the first place? And then who's liable <laughs> if there's a website that gets on this list that's you know, newly detected that's mm-hmm. not operated by the same by the so-called party. Uh, so then they link to a landing page. You know, one of those we've seized this website kind of U.S. government uh, landing pages. Oh, yeah. I hate those. Yeah, this one says this website is no longer available due to copyright infringement. And then they talk about the order blocking the site. Uh, and now that could be liable if you direct the wrong person there, and they weren't actually the 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 party in question because you're saying bad things about them. She says that uh, it, quote: "If you were harmed in any way by the court's decision, you may file a motion to the federal court in the Southern District of New York in the above case." So I think that's a. I'm going to call Anessa see if I can get her to do that. Just <laughs> your attorney. They broke my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I think what they're trying to do there is they're trying to get the defendants to show up. I think that's an invitation to the people running Israel TV or Israel or whatever dot TV. Well, I'll show up and give them. A- I am Spartacus. And, and here, here's the other interesting <laughs> thing about this. Um, they're, they're, they're jumping to the assumption that this domain is even, I mean, okay, maybe it is connected to a website of some kind, but a domain doesn't necessarily, isn't necessarily connected to a website. It could be connected to, you know, a server, but there's other protocols basically mm-hmm, is what sure. I'm trying to say. Yeah, so it might be email or just be running a proxy. Right, right. Like redirecting, a, you know, changing a DNS entry does not necessarily just impact a website. It yes. impacts other, all of the things, you know, anything else that it's, it's used for. I always thought that would be a good way to, uh, 
make tour sites available for the uninitiated is basically just have them pop up somewhere and it's just a web server that's talking tour to the site on the back end you're talking tour to web but it's talking <laughs> non-tour yeah uh, to the front end it already exists it's tour to web is is one of them okay you're talking oh, okay. about a, a, a service to allow a normal web user to browse the dark web by proxy yes uh yeah okay. without having to know anything about it yeah it's it's going to increase some risks right to well it's going to involve some, you're not going to be anonymous at yeah. that point yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, wouldn't recommend but you do that. For some things, you don't need to be. This is if true. If you're just looking, if you're mm-hmm. doing, if you're anonymously Researching. if you're doing, if you're anonymously publish something, like say, I don't know, Snowden or WikiLeaks, yeah. something like that, that would be a really good use case where you don't, the user doesn't need to be anonymous, but the mm-hmm. publisher needs to be anonymous. That and you're talking about the reader. You're saying the reader yeah. wouldn't. Need the reader doesn't need to be. Anonymous, but there's still right? some things you don't want yeah. to be. You, you don't Sometimes want that on your the record. Publisher. You know? doesn't even That's need true. to be anonymous. I mean, the New York Times has a dark website mm-hmm. that I assume they use among other things, for collecting tips. Well, mm-hmm. that's for the sake of the the reader, potentially, in that case. Well, or the, the, or tipster, the, the tipster. Right, or the tipster, right. Uh, three lawsuits were filed by Israeli TV and movie producers and providers against the Doe defendants who operated the websites. Each of the three rulings awarded damages of $7.65 million. That's some serious Doe. <laughs> You're killing it tonight. But not I as like much words. Not, not as game. Not as much as it was yesterday. That's true. It's true. <laughs> Torrent Freak pointed out the rulings in an article Monday. The orders also contain permanent injunctions against the defendants themselves and other types of companies that provided service to the defendants or could do so in the future. That includes companies like Cloudflare, GoDaddy, Google, and Namecheap. So are they saying that the people who helped them register their website are going to be held liable? I'm not really sure what they're trying I, to say I know there. what this is. I know what and, they're trying to say. They're saying, and again, there's no clear delineation of who you're not supposed to do these things for. Yeah, it's here. You're right. You're absolutely right. But basically, what they're trying to say is, if if you're a domain register uh, and you've never done business with them, you can't registrar. now do business with them. Whoever they are. Yeah. Whoever, whoever they, they are. We don't right. know who they are, yep. but <laughs> the number here is Jesus. Six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. That's six zero three. In case of a water landing, your rectum can be used as a self sealing helmet. Six zero three two eight. Three six one six zero. Internet ain't so free these days. More coming up. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com This is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. The nobody formerly known as Rich Paul. And Chris. And we're talking about a recent court decision out of a federal court in New York ordering not just the defendants, 
in this case, which they can't identify because they didn't show up in court because they don't live in the United <laughs> States. And they can't figure out who they are. But if you see uh, those guys, you can't do business with them. <laughs> right. And then telling every Internet service provider in the United States that they are not allowed to uh, send traffic to yeah. the websites. In not just not just ISPs, guys, but every Internet service provider. Yeah, so technically that would mean VPNs. Isn't that what ISP actually stands for, is Internet Service Provider? That is right. I think you've you've hit upon a distinction without a difference. Uh, Well, I don't believe that's what they mean. I don't think that's what the courts are saying, though, because they're, I think they're, did they not say in their VPNs, too, somewhere in that article? In, I'm actually, the order. I asked about that. I've got the order itself pulled up here, okay. and on page seven of twenty-six pages in uh, part C, so they got multiple parts. It's amazing this chick is bright enough to write. It, it, they got multiple parts to this order. There's the part uh, that is going against the defendant specifically. Then there's a part against internet service providers, uh, which tells them to block the sites. Then there's a part against third-party services generally, where it says it is further ordered that yeah, third so parties it's, it's broader than just internet providing so, services used in connection with defendants' operations, including without limitation ISPs, web hosting providers, CDN service providers, DNS service providers, VPN service providers, domain name purchasing services, domain names privacy service, backend service providers, affiliate program providers, <laughs> web designers, shippers, search-based online advertising Christ services. On I thought that was anybody on the internet. Now I realize it's it's anyone in the world, period. <laughs> yeah, well, they're saying that if you provide... We all have to figure out who these You don't have to have a computer, were, and you're still and prohibited from communicating know. with these people. So how do how is she even going to tell us if we guessed right? There's, I think I think if she talks to these people, she would be committing a crime, too, under her own order. Well, just to be clear, she's ordering these companies if they have had any kind of business with the defendants. But they also said somewhere in there, um, even if they hadn't had business with the defendant. Or if you and would, how do you know if you've had business with the defendants <laughs> if you don't know who they are? Well, this is also true. Right. Uh, if I might have sold them some weed 20 <laughs> years ago. Who knows? They're saying that if you've had business with them or you may have business in the future right. with them. Maybe they and gave you know, me a uh, Hummer. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you provided services for in the future services to the defendants or the infringing website... Then, uh, let's see, having knowledge of this order by service, actual notice, or otherwise be and are hereby permanently enjoined from providing services to the website or any to any defendant, which, again, they don't know who they are, in conjunction with any of the acts set forward, blah, blah, blah. And here's a funny wow. thing. If they redirect the DNS, okay. Um, so it doesn't sound like they're telling all VPSs or, uh, or VPNs. Uh, VPNs that they they can't link to this. But if you consider them to be an ISP, then they would be under this. I mean, this it seems order. like anybody providing services on the internet would have to comply. So, well, I'm not so you sure. Create, you have a VPN, right? Called uh, Penguin VPN yep. over at thinkpenguin.com. Yep. And your VPN doesn't have any locations in the United States. <laughs> Definitely not. Right. So, what does that mean? What does this order mean for you? I don't know i haven't that you've read it i've never been presented with the order right (laughs) i don't have any there's like zero chance i will be presented with the order so i'm not too concerned but you never know i'm sure the feds are listening right now jotting down the notes super interesting if they present me with the order uh i it's a good question i'm not even sure what i I don't don't know i'd have to consult a lawyer right (laughs) they also done business with these people what people Uh, they also say that uh, plaintiffs will be serving a copy of this order 
to the defendants through the Contact Us portal on the website. So they have no way of reaching these people through traditional means. And so the order includes that they can basically serve them. What's if I was papers. their ISP, I wouldn't let them do the upload. I'd say no. I've been told I can't let anybody <laughs> access that site. Well, you know what's also interesting is that the the webs the That's domain is being transferred to the, uh, the plaintiffs. The, the plaintiffs. So so now the plaintiffs are in control of that VPN. Right. Nobody can do business with them. Well, that's right. what I'm thinking. You can't do business with the people who are bringing this lawsuit. So if that's the case, then you're going to have to block, you know, the I, I don't know if it's RIAA or MPAA or some one of the cartels, mm. uh, the copyright cartels, the major entertainment industry players. Well, these but, are the entertainment and, industry. This is uh, the entertainment industry in Israel that brought these suits. Okay, so they're going to have to, I presume, uh, my interpretation of this. Don't they order, have then, enough fun with the Palestinians? I need, to, <laughs> I, need to, I need to block every website that is operated by this this entertainment uh israel entertainment people depends on how you they're interpret now it, yeah. uh, they're now operating the that forbidden website right right and you have to block anything from them right is, isn't that not what it says yeah i guess so. you could you could definitely interpret it that way uh, this yeah. is what i'm saying yeah i i think uh i think some isps need to start doing uh more blocking it sounds like than they they may have otherwise uh you know <laughs> yeah it's a crazy story and and like you said this is pretty unprecedented as far as a a judge oh this is definitely unprecedented like this. this is the one of the widest cutting in the united states anyway. in the u.s in u.s internet history it's huge uh, and it needs to be challenged by somebody oh absolutely or nobody oh indeed but you're not on the list <laughs> good luck nobody <laughs> I, I don't know maybe i maybe i can get it maybe i can get my attorney because you know she's there's still a big hunk of money in her retainer fund <laughs> <laughs> all right so if you want to join the show here you can the number is 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 the plaintiffs in this case are big industry people uh united king film distribution dbs satellite services hot communication systems keshet broadcasting these are all international uh israeli based or whatever copyright holders and they they claim that they hold a bunch of the copyrights that this particular website is allegedly violating when you go to the site i'm gonna add them to the list of people who can't use cell 411 when you uh, when you go to the site, you see a bunch of channels. It's uh, it's basically a reseller. They're taking content from somewhere, maybe a satellite dish, or and they're probably sure getting what. it on the pirate bay. But, mm, no, this looks <laughs> like live streaming uh, to me. So it looks like they've got live streamed video channels of all sorts, uh, including like MTV well, it, and the History Channel. It's an IPTV provider, correct? Yeah, looks like it looks yeah. that way. They're selling a month for twenty nine so bucks. It's, it's basically it's basically cable internet, or I'm sorry, not cable internet, cable TV over internet. over the internet. Yeah, without yeah. permission. Right, right. <laughs> without authorization. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a great time to <sighs> cut your if you haven't cut your cable TV. Uh, this is a great time to do it, or cut your satellite TV, or whatever it is you have. Um, well, of course, if you go with a uh, website like this, there's always the chance they're going to disappear next month. Because yeah, but you know what? Um, there's so many IPTV providers out there. I don't think you have to worry about that too mm-hmm. much. You just switch. You have to, to know where to look, though, right? You have to know how it's to called, find these. It's called. These sites. I want to say Google, but it, you know, or you know, uh, Star Page or you know, I thought some other IPTV was illegal. IPTV isn't illegal. What makes you okay. think it's illegal? It's what is illegal is to provide to infringe the copyright above a certain dollar amount i thought that that's what criminal. most of these guys were doing though it's illegal to uh to restream a video channel a copyrighted video sure. channel. so the service providers be... are doing illegal things but is it illegal to for someone to watch it 
That's the question. That would be copyright infringement, I believe. To only to Maybe. just watch it, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's because the user can't know for sure if they're launching something that's well, legit or look, not. Look, in, the law doesn't make any sense, but in sure. theory, I think they would argue that. But there is something interesting. So this 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 set of law, copyright law, is really complicated. Mm-hmm. There's something called like broadcast rights, and I don't think I don't think like in some countries it's not copyright infringement, but you might be violating broadcast rights. Hmm. So, and I think that's just watching it. Well. Uh, like you're definitely violating no, 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 no. something by if restreaming it. By, by restreaming it, you're yeah. violating broadcast rights potentially, right. uh, but not necessarily copy. No, no, no. You're, yeah, you're not necessarily violating copyright, but you are violating broadcast rights. But not every country has like agreements mm-hmm. um, for broadcast. So you might. There are some places like in the Middle East where you can actually legally operate a IPTV restreaming mm-hmm. service without paying licensing, but it and not get convicted in another country because there isn't those are, those agreements aren't in place. There's more coming up here. If you want to weigh in, maybe you've got some familiarity with the topic. You're welcome to join us here. The number 603-283-6160 plus is Patreon going to start allowing cryptocurrency payments. Uh, There's been some interesting numbers that have come up. We'll tell you about it. Talk live. You can join us here. You can bring up whatever you want. The number is 603 283 6160. That's 603 283 6160. We're still just during the break looking over at the order, 26 page order from this federal judge in New York, just basically ordering every internet service provider. They list 96 of them here and they organize them by. Uh, the p- potential population that they could essentially serve. So if you look at the, the top of the list, it's like satellite providers with over 300 million potential customers. And then it just goes on down from there until you get down to about 1 million potential. So they didn't list anything lower than a million uh, potential customers on this list. But the judge is saying that this order applies to every ISP and that they all have to ban a certain set of websites like Israel.tv, uh, at this point the site is still available on uh, the internet service provider here. And, and it you know, begs the question of how the hell are – how is every service provider in the country supposed to become aware that some man, uh, woman in a robe in New York State decided they needed to do something? Yeah, I, I think the way this works is that the order has to be presented to the company in in, in some sort of request – by the plaintiffs because mm. it's not like the court's going to do yeah, that. Yeah, the court's not going to do that. Yeah, the work, court's right? not going to send it to every ISP. I see. So yeah, that's, that makes sense. That's my understanding and interpretation of this. It's just, it's giving them something to present to an internet service provider to force that hand effectively. And, and as you pointed out, it's a weird ruling because in a lot of different ways because number one, they don't even know who they're talking about. The people behind the websites never went to court. And good for them, by the way. I want to point out oh, yeah. that. I think that's the right move to make. If you don't live in the United States so-called jurisdiction, why in the world would you want to show up in their courts? I just this is something I that has not made any sense to me. There was a company uh, Telegram, the instant messaging software. Oh yeah. They were going to come out with uh, a to- uh, a cryptocurrency basically. It was going to be called the TON, T O N, Telegram, I don't know, something network. I don't remember what it was going to stand for, but they raised a billion dollars in what they call an initial currency offering or an ICO. It was the largest ICO in the history of ICOs. And a lot of ICOs have 
completely crashed and burned and they've they they were either scams from you know top to bottom or they they were legit but they just failed right so there's a lot of failure in the world of icos there were some success stories but to to raise a billion dollars worth of cryptocurrency is was unprecedented and i don't think it's ever been done since and the whole ton project got shut down because the u.s federal government decided to issue some sort of an injunction against them and said you know, okay, well, we know you don't live here. <laughs> You're based out of somewhere else in the world, but we demand that you answer to our, you know, arguments. And Telegram hired attorneys and showed up in the court. Yeah. It's 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 unbelievable. Uh, you, you kinda, and then they had to scrap the whole project. It's like they put you in a catch-22 situation because either you show up to court or um, if you don't show up to court because, you know, you're not in their jurisdiction and the law doesn't apply to you. Or uh, if you do show up to court, then all of a sudden, um, you know, you're consenting to the jurisdiction. you're consenting to the jurisdiction. So so you can't consent to the jurisdiction. But if you if you in order to not consent, you can't show up. So but if you don't show up, then they can proceed to have a default injunction against. Correct. You. So they'll do whatever they want. Right. Right. So you're you're in this catch 22 situation where it's like you can't fight it. You can't you can't send lawyers in because then you're consenting. But if you don't send lawyers in, then there's a default junction injunction against you. And I, I mean, I get the reason why they want to do it because they wanted to win, right? They wanted to prove their side of the case and maybe get the largest market in the United, you know, in the world, the United States, uh, to legally be able to use their product. I, I'm guessing that was their reason for showing up, but that's a tough battle when you're up against these bureaucrats like the SEC, for instance, that oh, yeah. has unlimited funding, and if they lose, it's no skin off their back. But if you lose, well, now you had to scrap. They they scrapped the whole project. Why wouldn't they just go ahead and say, you know what? Screw the United States. Uh, we're just going to go move forward. They were literally in the, the very week they were going to release this thing. It was going to come out, and then it went away because of this injunction. And it's like, why would you want to give these people in this court the belief that they can control you? You don't live in their jurisdiction, and the odds that they're going to extradite you to face charges over a civil case doesn't seem very likely right Ooh, so it, it probably would be civil It'd probably be criminal they would um, have to be criminal but this yeah. was a civil injunction as as i understand it so i don't know it's, yeah i don't know it's crazy i i certainly do understand the fear though i mean the, the u.s federal government is a scary group of people and they will hurt you they have very long tentacles and they can absolutely <laughs> reach out to uh their law enforcement buddies in other countries and get them to do it, their bidding it, like they're doing with julian assange yeah, for instance. It, it does it, you know it does beg the question like if you're gonna set up such a such an operation where would you go if you mm -hmm. if you were to intentionally do it and there's not a whole lot of places that are you know you're going to be probably safe and it's it's kind of funny in some respect or kind of weird uh that you know some of those places might be places that are actually very hostile to freedom um, like russia like russia right? which of course already they don't like telegram officially in russia so they wouldn't be able to go there right, they were already right. trying to escape but them if your sole objective is cryptocurrencies as opposed to a telegram mm -hmm. with cryptocurrency attached uh you know that that probably that might be a place to go potentially i mean that's where edward snowden yeah. is and, and seemed to work out for him if you don't operate within russia and you only operate outside of russia i mean you're operating from russia but you're only allowing people outside of russia to use it you might be safe because mm -hmm. russia doesn't extradite its own citizens and they not may, to the u.s at least yeah th and they, they don't might extradite you to china if China wanted I, I, you for something, I, my understanding is Russia doesn't extradite its own citizens. Oh, I don't know. You, do, you don't want that. They're like a chop shop for people. 
China. China. <laughs> China yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They'll cut out your liver and sell it to the Saudis. The news out of China, by the way, is getting even more insane. Uh, some of the more recent developments in uh, in and around Shanghai and Beijing uh, include, I'm getting this from the Northrop Gundam channel on Twitter, which just keeps on posting insane videos. They're now putting razor wire, barbed wire, uh, along the interstates or the, the what are state roads, whatever they're called over there. They're putting, you know, the like the railing, the metal railings that they, you see on the sides of the road sometimes. Yeah. They're wrapping that metal railing in razor wire and to keep people from leaving the roads. Like if you're going to be traveling down the road and you decide you just want to get out of your car and make a run for it. Now you got to climb over some razor wire. Before you can get into the woods. That's going to make it more interesting when you got to take a leak on the road. (laughs) Wait, back up a moment. Why are they doing this? It's because they seem to be turning the entire... They're out of their minds. They seem to be turning the entire place into a prison. An open-air prison. You have to understand, they just finished and are in the process of, like, two weeks ago, they started taking large metal gates and putting them around the outside of apartment building entrances. So you cannot leave your apartment building without authorization now. Okay, so are these these things that are on the side of the road? They're put. They're putting. You're saying they're putting them around the uh, everywhere in the country, or just in the just areas around apartment buildings? Like it's not clear. It's definitely in the areas they're locking down. I don't know how far it's expanded uh, from there. Okay, so it's point. not it's not on the side of the road that they're doing. No, that. it's, it's literally it's on, on the side of the road. But the metal barriers oh, is that it are surrounding like a building or something. No, dude. Like, just imagine a road. That you're driving down, and the only thing on on one side is like the woods. Yeah. Okay. And on the on on the barrier of the road, like at the the shoulder of the road, yeah. There's one of those metal barriers that just kind of goes right. Yeah, like, yeah. It's that's just what's there. Right. You've seen those. To keep the cars, to protect the cars from from allegedly going from off going the off the road. Right. Uh, that metal barrier is being wrapped in razor wire. Like I imagine, mean, imagine barbed doesn't wire. The, doesn't that eventually end though? Whenever it gets to the road, gets to where it's going, so presumably the city or whatever, right? So like, there's going Weird. to be an ending to it, but yeah, yeah. It's when they get Nothing you back goes into on forever. It's it's <laughs> when they get get you back into a more controlled zone. Okay, that's when it will purportedly hmm. end. But until then, you can't leave the road. Huh? Interesting. You're literally being trapped on the road. I want to know what the hell is really going on in China. What do these mad bastards think they're accomplishing? Uh, There's an update to this, by the way. So according to the Northrop Gundam channel in a China, and it it doesn't identify where this is, there are workers allegedly now caking a fence with excrement to prevent people from escaping. And it's just crazy. I'm I'm at a loss as to how that would prevent somebody from escaping, but... It'll make it less uh, attractive to I, climb I, the fence. Okay, I, I get the, the I get idea. the less attractive It'll part. It'll make but... it a lot less attractive to stay in China yeah. too. <laughs> I'd be hightailing it for the nearest yeah. border. If you can get out of China, you definitely should. The, it, it's you know, insane. It's actually interesting because there's a lot of foreigners in China, and they've been fleeing for a while now. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's definitely some of them not fast enough. Yeah, d- yeah, and that's the kind of the weird thing is a lot I would of them didn't flee so fast enough. Bloody but. delighted if somebody just nuked Beijing off the freaking Well, the problem face is there's the innocent earth. people there. Nobody. There are, but my there's millions God, of innocent getting people. rid of the Chinese government with all. I'm. It's almost a Madeleine Albright thing. I almost no. think it would be worse. I'm sorry. No, there's more coming up here. Hour two's next. It's Free Talk Live. 
Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. The phones are open if you want to join the show. Uh, we're kicking off the second hour. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And you can join us here on the lines and online as well over freetalklive.com. We have our social media site, which is a Mastodon-based site. It's social.freetalklive.com. You can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners and some of the hosts of the show there. Go to social.freetalklive.com, and you can do that. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. The nobody formerly known as Rich Paul. And Chris. We're going to go to your phone calls and thoughts. I use way more syllables than everybody else. Major Payne is on the line in Michigan. Go ahead, Major. That's got to hurt. Hey, good evening. Good evening, young buds. What's on your mind? Um, well, you guys are talking about the Chinese wrapping the roadside and razor wire and spreading doo-doo on the walls. Yeah, it's insane. Um, well, I got an update for you from the A&H News Network if you give me a double up. But anyway... What's uh, A and H stand for? Astute and honorable. But I told Ian nice. it could be asked seeing as how I just made it up. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know of any such news network that's actually honorable. No, no. <laughs> well I'm I I'm, I kinda I'm the like the hill. Officer. What's that, Major? I'm I said I'm the chief corporate officer. Okay, gotcha. Anyway, um yeah, this the the, the doo doo on the wire. That goes back to the NAM. The gooks used to put uh, doo-doo on the bungee sticks. Can you say gook on the radio? <laughs> yeah, I think you can. Uh, yeah, so that the idea would be if you got cut, then it would infect you, more likely, yes? That's yes, right. Yeah. Yeah. Nasty funky. Mm-hmm. I guess if they're trying to kill you, you can call them whatever you want. Yeah, it's pretty sick stuff. Uh, we're just looking at some of the other content here from the Northrop Gundam channel on Twitter. It's at Gundam Northrop if you want to find it. I've linked to it over the last few days on our social media platform at social.freetalklive.com. But I was telling these guys off the air, and I'll tell you on the air, this this crazy, like, fake... I don't even know what the like how to describe this like fake things that exist in life that you take for granted, right? So, like, when you walk down the street... I dated a girl like that one time. <laughs> if you walk down the street and you see a fire hydrant, you take for granted that there's water there. That if the firemen show up with the right tool, 
they can hook a hose up and swing the you know the, the whatever the valve in whichever direction and open it up and psh, water comes out right well not in china apparently or at least not some parts of china where in uh, shenzhen a rescue team arrived to a fire scene in the parking garage only to find that none of the fire hose valves has water and there's a 30 second video of all these firemen like running around this parking garage <laughs> going from fi- fire valve to fire valve and trying them and there's no water there and then there's another one where uh there's a some guy at a fire hydrant it's again there's usually not much context to these just that this is china uh dude pulls the fire hydrant out of the ground and there's nothing attached to the bottom of it it's a completely wow. dead fire hydrant they won't work That's that way. Right no. into my thought. Being as how they're trying to kill all the dogs anyway, maybe they're just putting these up for uh, bait stations. <laughs> Could be. They're not even eating them. No, they're killing them. They're I just mean, killing them. Back in the day, they'd at least eat them. Right, Major. Thanks for well, the call tonight, you, man. Anything else? You remember the crazy little Korean? Which one? Rocket Man. There was about five years ago, he demanded that all of his people produce so many amounts of fecal material. Oh, you're talking about and North they, Korea. They okay. were so starved that they'd have had to eat their neighbor's dogs in order to even possibly fulfill this. Thank you for the call tonight, Major. I appreciate it. Yep. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. What a crap! What did he want him to do that for? I don't know. I don't remember that story, but it you know, I wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. Uh and, and then in another example of the fakery going on in these Chinese cities, another video, just another shorty, like fourteen second video on the Northrop Gundam channel. Some somebody walks up to one of those sewer grates on the side of the road and pulls up the grate to reveal nothing. There's just dirt underneath it. There's nowhere for the water to go. It's not going into a sewer or any kind of a system or anything like that. It's not even it's not even really deep. It's just like deep enough to put the grate down. Oh, that's and there's, deep. There's nothing there. No, it's not. I'm talking about like more no more than an inch. So the whole thing is for but show. But it's deep to even think of that. <laughs> to to think to put a fake grate down, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Let's make a fake sewer. Right. We want people to think there's a sewer here. Right. Fake fire hydrants. Because Fake sewers. What are they going to do differently if they think there's a, a sewer there? And buildings that literally are falling to pieces. I showed you guys the video of that as well, where somebody's just in the streets recording video of a building being blown to bits by the wind. Just coming down. It's insane. That, that was a pretty crazy video. And there are other videos like that. It's yeah. not uncommon in China, where the, the quality of the construction is just garbage and there's so much that looks like it's legit but it's actually not the amazing thing is the only thing the commies ever made that works was the ak-47 and that was one and the liberals hate it yeah it's like their one accomplishment (laughs) and it was a great accomplishment but it wasn't the commies it was just one guy it was was always just one guy everything's just one guy well as soon as you put a group in charge of creating something then you get all kinds of problems yeah it's so called that's, bureaucracy. that's that's why the ak was a success coming from china whereas all the other things are a total failure because mm. no one got in his way he was able to design this gun that to this day is still one of the most widely carried weapons on the planet 
The people who are claiming that a thing should cannot be done should stay out of the way of the people who are doing those things. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, I mean, that's those are the only updates I have from uh, Shanghai and uh, where the, the lockdowns I don't know if continue. I could take another update from no, Shanghai. It's brutal. It is hard to handle what's going on out there. I mean, the- even from a distance, how crazy must it be to live there? I can't even imagine it. I mean, they literally are locking people in their apartment buildings now. So the fact that people did what they were told in the first place is what led to the second step, which is putting up metal gates around the apartment buildings and literally trapping people in. So when a fire happens, they just die. I mean, this is this is this has gotten to a level of they're doing more than just locking people in their apartment buildings. They're starving people to death. Yeah. Well, the government's um, in charge of food delivery now. So good luck. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's it's uh, I'm trying to think what they called it. The, the I want to say the Great Famine, but that was North Korea, I think. Um, That's but, right. Yeah. But China also had a, had they're a great never famine. great. People are always saying <laughs> yes. their famines are great. I, Nobody's I ever had a great I, I famine. Know. I know. But anyway, China China did this intentionally to their people. They killed off a lot of people through mm-hmm. starvation um, by, you know, trying to. And is that to, what they're doing this time? Well, it certainly seems like it seems like it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really know. hard to watch it. it, it it's uh, but it's, it's important. I mean, it's it's hard to watch video like this, but it's important because you have to understand this can happen anywhere, even though China's going to the max with uh, quote-unquote zero COVID policy and locking people down, if people allow themselves to be put through this, then it will get worse, and that's what we're seeing happening. They didn't start with razor wire on the streets. That's six weeks later. Mm. You gotta bitch smack them when they first start telling you what to do. If you want to join the show here, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. But we've got other news uh, to cover here tonight. And Chris, you had a story that we're going to get to about Patreon. Now, Free Talk Live, we're on Patreon. We've got the Free Talk Live AMPS program. It stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. It's a way for you to help us for 5 bucks a month to uh, help us get the ideas of freedom onto more great radio stations and you know, bring new internet listeners on. I was kind of surprised you did that, Why? actually, because I, I got the impression that you were always self-hosting the uh, the AMP program. We were, but you still always have to rely on a centralized credit card processor. It doesn't matter how self-hosted you are. You're always relying on some banker somewhere to provide you with the service, and they cut us off. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, they cut us off in September of last year. So oh, this was because I was going to predict the the the, the Patreon would they might. sooner or later. Yeah, they might. I mean, they that's, will. that's a fair prediction. Um, but for now, that's where we're at. Uh, the number here, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. But apparently, Patreon has surveyed their users regarding cryptocurrency the uh, the question is are they interested in accepting it and chris you have some of the numbers we'll uh, share that on the way here it's free talk live free talk live phones open you can join us here the number is 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 joining you here tonight it's ian and the slightly mad nobody and chris and you can join us online anytime you want Uh, free talk live by the way brought to you by freedoms phoenix it's your source for all news economic news government overreach insane uh, government spending and more you can get today's headlines all in one place and from a fresh libertarian perspective. You can find this and more at freedomsphoenix.com. That's freedoms with an S, phoenix.com. As we continue here, 
Uh, we're going to go back to the phones, and then we'll get into Patreon. Are they going to introduce cryptocurrencies as far as uh, letting their patrons... Well, it's too late for that. That ship sailed. Contribute. They've already been introduced. Well, what I mean is, uh, are they going to uh, implement it on their website? Uh, but let's go first to Sarah in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Sarah. Crazy commie. Huh? So it was announced today. Are you are you what? with me? Yeah, we are. Uh, we you got you. Uh, Go ahead. Okay. Well, I'm. I'm lucky. So so far, we wrapped up one thousand tickets on the the uh, speeding van tickets. You Ooh. got you a getting a cut of that? You got you got man. You you got a cut pack on those speeding tickets. I don't think you can afford that. Well, the thing is that I'm not getting any cut out of it. But these are oh, just well, you said we. Tickets. You said we so, racked them up. So you don't well, even have to win to be happy, so long as somebody loses. Well, they've been ki- running people over and killing everybody. That's the problem. They did, they did this to themselves. So We're you're saying get everyone they ran themselves over? You're, you're blaming everyone who speeds for whatever few people actually got hit by somebody. Well, the thing about it is that all of our... Ever since they removed those, um, they've just been going back to very bad driving behavior. I mean, we have the worst accident rate, worst pedestrian fatality rate ever last year. So what, apparently uh, none of this helped. <laughs> Sir, what, what did they remove? It's like when somebody dies and somebody, I just talked to him yesterday. Well, it didn't help. <laughs> well, we, we removed, I think we removed all of the red light cameras 11 years ago. All of it. The ah, speeding okay. bands, every single God, one of them. have you been calling this show for 11 years? Maybe. Didn't I call before then? I don't really remember. Yeah, I feel like you, I think you did call before they took away the uh, the cameras. My God, it's been that long. Uh, so, so, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Well, what's the point you're so trying that, to make? You're you're gonna uh, you're saying they're bringing well, them back, whole, or what's going on? Well, they they were whining about that this is going to cost taxpayers money if they if they don't generate enough tickets. That well, must seem like a problem? trivial concern when you don't pay taxes. I mean, isn't isn't that what I mean? It's it's a, it's a, it's just another name for a tax, uh, you know, speeding tickets. Well, for the people that want to want to go over ten miles over the speed That's limit, everybody. and put other people's life in general. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't think, taxation I don't think there's is a when single they want person. to fine you, but they can't figure out what you did. Yeah, I don't think there's a single licensed <laughs> driver who's never gone over the speed limit. Well, that matter is whether, whether you're going to get caught or not. Now they're going to get caught, and they just got a warning ticket. These are just warnings. So starting the 28th of this month, it's going to be a $100 citation, and it's supposed to be put on your credit and be taken to court and have a credit uh people come after you you know what all you're gonna do sarah is you're gonna hurt poor people that's all you're mm-hmm. gonna do you're gonna hurt people who can't afford it you're gonna hurt people because if you're a rich person you go you well she's a communist up. though that's what they do yeah and, and the interesting thing is they don't even you don't even get points for it so it's not even like it really mm-hmm. hurts eh, it depends on the state i think i, I thought yeah but, but yeah yeah i think you get them in okay, maybe, maybe no, I'm wrong. no point yeah well new mexico there's no points against your driver's license and there's no points that go on your um, the insurance. So your insurance rates don't go up. This is not a criminal So this is offense. a straight-up money grab, yeah. is what you're saying. They're just taking people's money. which of Maybe course, you could convince them to whip them with wet noodles. And the point I'm trying to make to you, Sarah, is that what you're advocating here is going to hurt poor people the most. And so think well, about it this way. Because you, you clearly don't care about the poor. 
um, because you know if you think about it, a rich person who receives a speeding ticket, they just cut the check. Yep. You know, that's it. Boom. Done. No problem. Cut the check. You're done with it. The ticket's gone and you're off to your next ticket. Uh, whereas a poor person, they're tr- they're having trouble making ends meet. They can't get the bills paid barely as it is. And now all of a sudden they have to pay $150 that they weren't budgeting for. Uh, to make this speeding ticket situation go away. They certainly can't so afford by to... by advocating for this happy crap, you're changing people's lives. Yeah, I, I want to know why you want to tax poor people, Sarah. Well, it's only $100, and you can only work it $100. off. Only $100. Well, you, Sarah, that may not well, be, a, Sarah, be you, a big deal to Bill Gates, but it's a big deal to some poor bastard who's just trying to get by. Sarah, if the government came to you and, and they, they gave you a ticket, not for speeding, but just for something else that you did that you didn't know was breaking the law, would you be able to pay it? Today, well, they, they let you. Right well, now? this one, you. Well, this one, you could work it off. She's not For answering this one, your question. They'll let you. Yeah, I, I kind of figured. Mm-hmm. Well, if they give me an option to work it off, I would do four hours of. I'll give work. you an That's option. That's like twenty-five. <laughs> Well, for this ticket, they let you do that. You that. It's twenty it, bucks an hour. Be, it's not going to be. You, you know, it's going to be less than ten, Sarah. Less than ten. What? Well, ten dollars per hour for working work. it off. I don't know. It's fifteen no, here in New York. It comes down to look at. Okay. Okay. Close four enough. Out, four hours for a hundred dollars. That comes out to twenty-five dollars an hour. For, you guys get twenty-five dollars an hour credit for community yeah, I'm a, service. I'm a little there? skeptical of that. That's pretty hey, sweet. Yeah, that's know, good that's, money that's if you could keep doing it after you were out of uh, out of hours. So basically, what you're saying is a poor person should take a day off of work, and so they don't have to make money at the normal way they do it, and go work for the state for several hours so they can pay off the ticket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go make a rich well, guy rich. Okay, very simple. Do not speed in front of a speeding camera. Do or not else. speed over 10 miles So that's a lot easier so, if you don't Sarah, put them there. I got a question for you. Um, I, 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 believe you I believe you're disabled. Is that correct? So she right? claims. Okay, so you can't She's work, actually, correct? Though. She's well, I mean, obviously hard of caring. You, have, you haven't had a job since you were 15. It? Okay, so the question is, if, if, if you, know, you got a $100 fine, right, what would happen? You can't well, work it off, of all, right? I have no, I have no car to to get a speeding ticket. Again, ignore you the know, fact that this any... is that this requires a car because it could be something else like jaywalking. That, that instead of a you know red light camera for speeding, it's now for jaywalking. Well, um, yeah, well, I, I'll try to pay it. I, I'm sure they they work with me if I pay fifteen dollars a month or whatever. They if do I that. Have money, I'll yeah, pay they it. do that. They'll put you on a payment plan. That way, you can pay even more than you otherwise would have paid because they always charge you for the payment plan. So if it was a hundred dollar ticket, it might be a hundred and thirty dollars when you're all said and done. Not to the mention payments. the administration costs that they'll charge you too. Probably. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, Sarah, you just don't care about poor people, and that's a fact. Thank you for the call tonight. Which is kind of humorous because she's, she's poor. Yeah, she's yeah. has she's no empathy, welfare, or something. Right. Doesn't care. Can't understand that people who are on the street walking can just simply look both ways and determine whether or not they should step out in front of some crazy speeder. Like, I'm sorry, I just don't... If there's a car coming fast, don't do it. Yeah, I don't don't understand how people can... I get it if somebody is, like, going to run up on the curb and hit you and you have no control over that, okay. You know, that might happen from time to time. But if you're not paying any attention, then... You kind of get what's coming to you. you know? <laughs> Look both ways, folks. Yeah. We're coming up here. Uh, Is that how you do it? Because I never seem to get what's coming to you. Yeah. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can join us. Share your thoughts here on Free Talk Live. 
Insight Daily Radio, conversations with today's most interesting artists and creators. Author, humorist, and radio personality Garrison Keillor has been a fixture in popular culture with over 30 best-selling books and his Prairie Home Companion radio program since the 1970s. And he has a new book entitled Boomtown, a Lake Wobegon novel. We caught up with Garrison to chat about his new book and the beginnings of the radio program that brought the fictional town of Lake Wobegon to life. I made the last changes in the novel. I think they were the last um, because it's coming out soon. And um, that's, that's where the real fun in writing is, not in the first draft or the second or the third but in the um, additions that you, that you come up with. My principle is nothing is ever finished, so don't even imagine that it is. But in the last stages of revision and addition, you, um, you, enjoy, you enjoy it the most, adding to it at the very end. That's author and humorist Garrison Keillor, whose new book, Boomtown, a Lake Wobegon novel, comes out April 11th. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. Phones are open as always. And coming up, we've still got the story about Patreon. Are they going to be accepting cryptocurrency? Chris has some interesting numbers uh, about that. It's Ian Nobody and Chris here in the studio tonight. And the number for you, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Of course, you can join us online anytime over at freetalklive.com, where you can get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners on our chat server. It's a matrix chat server. That means it's open source, it's self-hosted, it's federated, meaning it's connected with thousands of other matrix servers all around the planet. But will it do your dishes? Probably not. Yeah. I don't, uh, don't think it's quite that advanced. We're not there yet. But uh, you can go to chat.freetalklive.com when you're done with the dishes and enjoy interacting with other people and plus our trolls are over there and they're a lot of fun sometimes oh there's a lot of trolls that's for sure <laughs> so check that out i've never blocked so many people let's go to the phones here we got a bad slave on the line in new hampshire you're on free talk live go ahead yeah well i i've heard somewhere in the past with regards to the uh, red light cameras and uh and speed uh installations where they're uh you know sure they're issuing these tickets but they the the trouble is is that they uh you know the documentation is is lacking the personnel and uh the um chain of of custody for, for the documentation. You're talking about how and, the tickets are issued in an automated uh, system, that it's all done by computer, and that it's a private company, and so therefore there's some questions about due process and all that. Is that what you're saying? Right, and, and okay. that I, you know, I was I was told that that you could just ignore their uh, 
Well, I don't know who told you that, but, uh, you know, you you may want to consider, and I can't give legal advice, but if it were me in this circumstance, I would challenge it. I would challenge the ticket. I would demand uh, court as a result of it and see if they can put the automated robot on the stand. (laughs) Oh, God, if if Abel's been... Dude's been driving. He does not want to draw any attention to himself. <laughs> You're talking about our caller. You used his uh, his other name. I I didn't mean to do that. That's bro. that's okay. Um, that's what I, that's how I would handle it. But I've never actually come across one of these things because I live in New Hampshire where we don't have red light cameras. That's right. Yeah. Anything else, Good bad slave? Thing. Not 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 right in the moment. Thanks, man. Thank Appreciate you. it. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. There's a cool list of uh, New Hampshire news that came out today. It's the Move to NH account on uh, Twitter run by a friend of the show. Actually, uh, he co-hosted with us recently, Zephan. Uh, he was on oh. a couple of... Zephan Clockern? I the guy who invented warp drive? No, <laughs> no. no. Uh, <laughs> I actually, I don't remember his last name at the moment, but uh, everybody knows him as Zephan. There's only yeah. two, you don't meet too many Zephans. No. Yeah, you don't need a last name at that right. point. Uh, Zephan posts as uh, he's the account called NH Pilled at NH P I L L E D on Twitter, and he's posted a link today or uh, what they call a thread where there's a ton of bills that he's been collecting, because he's one of the biggest activists. I got the same problem, man. I need to make some money. <laughs> he's a uh, different kind of bill. He's He's been collecting the Senate and the House bills that have passed both the Senate and the House. So uh, several weeks ago, he gave a, a pretty impressive list of stuff that the New Hampshire House passed, but the Senate hadn't passed it yet. So it's like, well, you know, who knows which, which of these things are actually going to go through. Uh, but as of today, he has compiled a, uh, a thread, including a ton of these bills that have now passed both of uh, the Senate the Senate and the House, including uh, one of these bills, HB 1178, prohibits state and local law enforcement from enforcing federal firearms uh, provisions, apparently. So I'm not sure if it's a across-the-board wow. prohibition or if it's, it's like, like another Second Amendment. Yeah, it's uh, it's it sounds really good. Uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully Sununu is going to actually sign this. Uh, but again, it passed both the House and the Senate, and if it passes enough, then there's a veto-proof uh, margin, and then it doesn't matter whether or not the uh, the governor signs these hmm. things. But they also hmm. extended constitutional carry to uh, snowmobiles and ATVs, which apparently was you over- couldn't carry a snowmobile and. New Hampshire? No, carrying a gun on a snowmobile. That was overlooked originally when they did constitutional carry back in 2017. Uh, they've got a, it never even occurred to me that anything would be different about carrying a gun if you were on a snowmobile. Yeah, they yeah, had a, I they carried had a, car a gun about. in New Hampshire forever. I'd never got on a snowmobile. Well, but. luckily you didn't get, get on the snowmobile because then you could have been uh, arrested, I guess, if, uh, if that were the case. But that's going to be fixed, it looks These like. people are crazy. There was a carve-out that they missed, uh, apparently, when they originally had passed constitutional carry. So they're fixing that. Hmm. Uh, There's another bill that creates a a parental bill of rights, which allows parents to opt out of sexual and gender curriculum in government schools, as well as direct the moral and religious upbringing of the child. I guess that's good for parents that haven't gotten their kids out of government school. How has that not already been possible? Like, you don't even have to send your kid to school, right? Well, that's the thing. It's for those parents that are still going to government school. So it gives them a little bit more control, I guess. Well, it's not like they have a lot to teach about morals. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's true. 
Uh, let's see. There's a, there's a bunch of other things here. I linked to it on uh, on my profile over at social.freetalklive.com today. There's another one where they're prohibiting mask mandates in government schools. So that was a big problem in New Hampshire over the last two years mm. is a lot of these school boards were mandating masks on the students. And then they were arresting parents who showed up to protest at the school board meetings, yeah, they uh, did, which was pretty insane. So now, if uh, again, presuming the governor signs this bill, that will be prohibited from happening. It was like a trap. Well, yeah. yeah, you know, it's interesting because they can often arrest you for stuff that isn't illegal, and then you could win in court. Uh, I kind of sure, have to but wonder then they if they get it's you out have... of a meeting. The, the whole point is to just sure. get you out of there. Sure. Um, I, I'm just, I'm just wondering what, what the, like, what the real world effect is because of what, in, in terms of. You know, uh, you know, just because they have something that prohibits it doesn't mean they're not going to do it anyway. Like prohibit a restriction. They can still have the restriction arrest you for it. And then there's, you know, there's something that says that you're it's against the law. But yeah, it's probably not going to be a punishment for them. Right. Yeah. I get your point. Yeah. People ask me, you know, well, why? Why do you think uh, these ANCAP protection agencies would be better than the police? And it's like, well, for one thing, they don't get to judge their own cases mm-hmm. you know i mean if if you have a dispute with one of them you've got to they've they've got to get it judged by one of their competitors not you know their boss or an independent agency of some sort yeah whatever that would look like but, you know that would You're all talking be about in a if world they're, no if, they're a, if they're a security company then the other security companies are, the, are their competitors well there may be arbiters out there not just security companies that would be doing the the arbitration it's hard to know what the marketplace would look like i'm a little arbitrary i'm a little bit skeptical that we need it in the first place like that we need what like like there's arbitration uh well no i'm not saying we don't necessarily need arbitration but security i'm just saying like a lot of the the function of government right like policing for i think a lot of people want that that. i think Uh, you'll find that a lot of sure i'm not saying people don't want it what i'm saying is i don't think we necessarily need it i don't think that i don't think there's there would really be that much of a difference you know whether or not you had 500 cops on the street or 5,000 cops on the street like most of the crimes that occur most of what police do is they do things like issue tickets like mm-hmm. it's not you know it's not keeping bad guys off the street like like what how is it really going to impact your life it's probably not going to make much well difference. if you actually had a if you actually had a security force whose job it was to actually go after criminals then maybe they'd be pretty effective but that's not what the police do I, mean, I know that I mean, I'm t- we're talking <laughs> about what nobody was talking about was a world in which there are no government cops and we yeah. actually have the market providing security services and I'm telling you people want that service maybe you don't want it in which case you wouldn't have to have it right, right? right. yeah but, the, the great thing about it is nobody I mean, would be able to force you service to all, buy their right. service so, I mean, if you didn't want it that service already the government sucks right. that service already still have to pay for it that service already exists because the, the government doesn't do those things most of the time um so well, there are private investigators right, those, right. Those and that's what i'm saying exist. like you could uh, already they, pay somebody but a private investigator doesn't necessarily have the ability to go and put handcuffs on somebody and when you're done uh, paying your taxes who can afford one so if there actually was a service where you could call them up and their and their solve rate is over 50%, which would be way better than the cops. Oh, yeah. Then a lot of people would pay for that. Yeah, uh, definitely. Especially if they're stopping actual violent criminals. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. The phones are open and you can join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Chris. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Bitcoin.com. You can head over to Bitcoin.com and you can get started. Just click Get Started at the top of the page 
and you can learn the basics about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. It's a great place to go and learn that stuff before you actually jump in and maybe invest uh, into the world of cryptocurrency. Though right now, it's uh, it's got to be a tempting opportunity because the uh, price of crypto went below 36 or price of bitcoin specifically went below thirty six thousand dollars uh earlier today so yeah price it's on sale and has been for a while so go and check out the uh the details over at bitcoin.com oh i'm thinking what do you think they do to jesus today because i don't think he formed a corporation (laughs) to, to be a church or anything i think they'd lock his ass up yeah good chance of it what were you gonna say chris all i'm thinking is uh if you, if you don't 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 go cash, if you're if you're thinking about cashing out don't cash out go to thinkpenguin.com and spend it that's a good plan <laughs> check him out over at thinkpenguin.com great computer equipment uh, available for crypto if you uh, prefer so buy when or sell when they're popping champagne and buy when there's blood, blood in the streets yeah, i'll take that crypto that's for sure all right. So uh, we were talking about, speaking of crypto, we were going to get into your story, Chris, about Patreon, which is, you know, they're political. I'm not a fan of them, but it is what we went ahead and signed up for just because it was easy uh, to to recreate the Free Talk Live AMP program over on Patreon. We've got over 70 people that have subscribed via Patreon. So thank you to everybody that's over there uh, helping us to advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live. And specifically thanks to Defy the Code, who is a silver level uh, supporter over there for helping us out. Really appreciate it. You get some cool benefits for doing that. But one of the things you cannot do with Patreon, and and even if Patreon did allow it, we couldn't accept it under my bail conditions. Uh, I can't deal with crypto, unfortunately, at this time, thanks Mm. to the federal government. But uh, but it would be really cool if Patreon allowed people to accept cryptocurrency payments. They don't uh, at this time. But Chris, you have some inf- uh, some interesting inf- information about that. Yeah, I got What's a, happening? I got a story. It's the story is from TechCrunch.com, um, and the title is a little bit of a, a slanted, I think, on this one. But mm-hmm. um, it's a major Patreon survey shows that most creators don't want crypto payments. Hmm. Now it's kind of it's kind of interesting because the survey itself um it, it it doesn't it doesn't actually lead one if it, you know depending on your perspective to think that they won't take crypto payments because what it actually shows is We say they you mean Patreon or Patreon, the creators right okay. Patreon so and and I actually don't know if I've read the whole story even at this point but um what the sur- survey shows is that there's actually a lot of support for cryptocurrency on Patreon hmm. it just isn't um you know it just isn't everybody right most uh, of course not why would it be right um there nobody is, wants that stuff <laughs> yeah see if I can I don't know if I can actually blow this up enough uh, to really see it but uh, yeah I can't really do it okay um so yeah it's basically they basically have uh, respondents basically based on like interest. So there are mm-hmm. some there is one category where there are a lot of people who are basically against cryptocurrency mm. and that's in the visual arts. And it's 68 percent. It looks like here. So 68 percent of people are don't want anything to do with it, but only within the category of visual who work in visual mm-hmm. arts, visual arts. Are they blind? <laughs> um but basically every every other one i believe it's it's going to be it's less than 50% don't want cryptocurrency okay 
So now, are there different options? Like I'm kind of interested. Yeah, you know. So so there are, and it's the the uh, interest is probably averaging out around maybe fifteen percent. Want it definitely, it's, and want saying it. saying they definitely want it, and mm-hmm. it's critical. It's wow. critical. Okay, okay, that's pretty big. One out of ten customers, right. more than one out of ten right. customers, right? Um, yeah. Which is why I'm Give saying this. that the title of the story is very slanted. Sure, of course. Um, then there is, again... That's just sloppy typesetting. It, it varies, but maybe another like 20% on average here, 20 25%, somewhere like that, want uh, their... It would be nice to have. Okay. okay. So 15 plus 20, 25, that's a, that's a pretty big chunk. Right. And now, uh, and then there's a, another percentage who they just don't care either way. Okay. So, so let's say one out of three would say, yeah, I'd like that. Basically. Right, exactly. That's pretty good. Um, that's pretty good. That's a lot of demand. Now, that is. It's, 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 it's kind of interesting like you know how these stories get slanted. And just to clarify, I'm sorry, before you go on, was this actually Patreon who did the survey or was it some other company that, that it, did this? It was Patreon. Okay. So Patreon uh, surveyed their own customers. That means base. enough people bugged them about it, right? Like enough right. customers said, hey, where's Bitcoin? Where's crypto? We want crypto donation options and so patreon did a survey of their right. own customers okay and it's kind of crazy like you know most functionality when you add functionality to like a site like any site mm-hmm. you know most of the time it's it's not going to be your entire customer base that needs it and it, if, if it was your entire customer base that needs it the functionality already exists right you've already implemented it before you went out and asked oh what do you want mm-hmm. um when you're asking well what new features do you want to your you know your your customer base that's when you're going to find well most of those features are probably going to have only a percentage of your your customer base wanting them because you know it's yeah you know, there's just most well, of the time most features aren't is a percentage <laughs> <laughs> this is to me such a no-brainer as far as a feature that companies fundraising companies right. should uh especially not just fundraising companies because like gofundme is a little different than than patreon but subscription companies right. like this why would have. yeah go why fraud would, me i ain't nobody yeah. got time for that why would anybody who's looking to who's begging people for money want to turn down money or something equivalent to it right well good question but there are people like that out there they, <laughs> there are they have per- remember we talked to hate success we talked about uh wikipedia now refusing yeah. to accept cryptocurrency after already having been taken actually uh, being one of the original bitcoin accepting it, you're places right you're right early on yep. and now no longer Because somebody told them it's bad for the environment, and so some of their uppity editors decided that they wanted to come together to stop Bitcoin. And 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 it's not even it's not even true. It's it's just this falsification of like the numbers that make you that that have been used to basically manipulate people into thinking it's like yeah not environmental. It's nowhere near as bad as the banking system for the environment. If you want to qualify numbers, right? (laughs) And that's without even counting the wars, right? Right. I mean, you have to you have to take things out of reality in order to like and and, and what you'll notice what if you well, ever a lot read, of people find reality really uncomfortable so they don't mind taking things out of <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Um but when you start reading these stories, you'll notice that they never actually put things in context for you. And and this is how they're manipulating you because it sounds like oh, millions of dollars or the size of, you know, a particular country, a small country. Um and you know, it uses that much power. And it sounds like a lot. 
But in reality, if you start looking at, well, okay, well, how, how does that compare to the banking industry like on a per transaction basis? And all of a sudden, if you actually have that context, you'll realize it's actually way cheaper. It's way less yep. environmentally destructive to use Bitcoin. And that's, 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 that's got high fees. That's more expensive right. than most other cryptocurrencies. So we're taking a- the, Still cheaper than a wire transfer in most right, cases. Right, when you're, when you're And s- every war- is a banker's war. Mm-hmm. When you're seeing $150 to do a wire transfer, or um, if you're looking at uh, other means, like for example, if you're using, if you're a merchant and you're using the Visa, MasterCard, credit card, every time you do a transaction, you're looking at like th- again, it varies three, three four, five percent. And yeah. if you also take into effect, like you're going to probably have bought stock as well. Well, that might, and if you're using a credit card, that's another possibly five percent. You know, three, four, five percent, and there might be other and costs in, in there as well the, that aren't taken into account. You, like you, you got to consider the energy that gets used by all those executives with their yachts, right? right. And, and nobody, know. you were in the banking industry. You know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They I'm waste at it. a lot of. A lot of money and a lot of energy. I'm looking at it from a merchant's perspective because I have a business, but you actually worked for these guys at one point. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy. It's like, you're just you're just going to ignore like all of the costs of yes, maintaining. Yes, they are. They're going to completely ignore it. You, uh, yeah, yeah, you're just going to completely well, ignore when you've the cost of maintaining to, that to infrastructure. Print money, you don't have to pay attention, <laughs> right? Well, in this case, we're talking about the visual artists or whoever the the 68 percent that are against using Bitcoin. I mean, these are you know they heard somewhere that Bitcoin's yeah. bad for the environment and they wrote it off and they said, oh well, you know that's it. These these people come off to be to me as being the most easily manipulatable because sure. they don't understand. They're they're more towards the um like your brain has like you know and, and this isn't necessarily you can't be good at math and writing but there's certain parts of your brain that people tend to be better off on one yeah. side or the other. Individual people just the are not good with side, numbers. Yeah. Um, Art so. and logic are are not mutually exclusive. Yeah, but you know you're not going to find that many logical uh, artists because because logic doesn't make good art Mm -hmm. art has to be whimsical and 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 weird and whimsical and weird are bad logic yeah that said there's some pretty cool bitcoin art out there that i've seen so the 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 worlds can and do cross uh we'll tell you more about this coming up here so about one out of three patreon creators are saying yeah give us crypto as as an option and maybe they'll do it we'll see more coming up hour three's next it's free talk live Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. The phones are open. You can join us here. Kicking off the third hour of the show. Number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We were just talking about uh, Patreon, which is one of the bigger... Not fundraising platform, but subscription platforms uh, that's out there. And and by the way, in the studio with you tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Chris. And nobody. You were rightfully criticizing GoFundMe, a.k.a. GoFraudMe, as you pointed out earlier. But really, Those bums. Patreon isn't that much better than uh, GoFundMe. They have taken accounts down for political reasons in the past. And, you know, we don't expect to last forever there. Uh, but we are there for now. There is uh, a self-hosted platform. Now, you still have to obviously connect 
to a credit card account. Yeah. Um, it's called LibrePay, mm. and there might be something better out there too. But um, basically, it allows you to have subscribers. Yeah. And you then basically you're you're kind of yourself you're doing your own billing. Yeah, you're doing your yeah. own basically charging those cards. We had that for uh, we didn't have LibrePay per se, but we had our own system that we spent way too much money building uh, well, 15 years ago. This is a free software system yeah. that doesn't rely on some custom code, so it's That's it's nice. way it's know, easier to yeah to yeah. maintain. Um, and that may be something worth looking at again in in the future. But again, the problem is always when it comes to credit cards. The Absolutely, problem is always you got to go through some bank somewhere, I and mean, there's just yep. no way around that. I mean, the, the benefit though of using have you considered Square because the the main they're pretty good. I mean, the main, none of them are good. The main potential benefit of having your own solution, and I don't know if LibrePay does or doesn't support like multiple like companies for for credit cards but one of the main benefits would in theory be you could pick if if one credit card or one merchant service provider shut you down you could just switch to a different a different one with the same software right and your subscriptions are stay 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 up working sure whereas if you are on patreon and they shut you down now you got to get ask your all your pay your pay Patrons, patrons, yeah, I guess to rejoin, uh, to resubscribe, and you yeah. know, they may not, they may not see their email, and you know, whatever, right? Yeah. So that's one of the benefits of like self-hosting or doing stuff yourself. Using, oh yeah, no using, doubt. Uh, free software tools, no doubt. Um, and well, like I said, we self-hosted for many, many years, yeah. and just everything blew up all at once. Essentially, the uh, the website stopped working. Uh, essentially, and the service provider stops <laughs> providing service, so yep. everything died all at the same time. And I was just of the mindset of, all right, well, I'm not going to pay thousands of it's, more dollars just to try to fix this yeah, this system. And this is something that you you probably don't want to try and figure out. You know, when the pressure's on, everything is shut. You know, yeah. stopped working on you. You want to yeah. do it hopefully before that happens. Yeah. So that you don't end up in those types of situations. But I, you know, this is one of these That's things what where the Boy Scouts say, it's, "Be it's, prepared." It, you know, I, I run a business, right? I understand. That. I, you know, I'm a busy person. I get it. You know, it's like it's one of these things where it's hard to, you know, do everything yourself. It's, it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's so easy to just go and sign up for something and. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't always work out, you know, optimally in that. Yeah, well, that that's the problem. But, is people take the easy way out of things, right. and then they end up there. They end up getting data mined and yep. controlled and manipulated uh, for political reasons. Yep. And that's where we that's where we found ourselves with these big tech platforms today. And it's it's interesting uh, too because Free Talk Live is actually pretty good. Like, I mean, there's all sorts of uh, you know decentralization and self-hosting and federation that free talk live has migrated to over the years yeah and we didn't, have yeah even it before it was cool we did right, some of it that. didn't take an fbi to raid for that to happen right so um i i, I think i think their free talk live has done an amazing job yeah well hopefully we've encouraged some other folks to look at some of these other options as well but that said uh it is good to hear that even centralized platforms are considering adding cryptocurrency i mean they should be applauded oh when yeah they, for when sure they get something right and uh, and it sounds like they might get this right. You're saying about one out of three patrons or Patreon subscriber or uh, patron creators, I guess they call them. Uh, one out of three of them are open to the idea or willing to accept cryptocurrency. Yeah, it, you and know, that's pretty good. It's interesting. I, I I don't actually know if they're actually considering it, but if I think one based out of on three the numbers, of your customer says they want something, right. then they're going to seriously consider it. You would think, um, unless of course it causes an uproar amongst is, another. Right, set, and this is politics for you, though. Yeah. If there's more people who are against it than for it, it may not be you know worth the cost. Well, yeah, and that's the real problem here is. 
And we encountered this in Keene, New Hampshire, where where we live, and we've brought a bunch of local business owners on to accept cryptocurrency. There was a local place that was one of the earliest to accept Bitcoin. Years ago, they were taking Bitcoin for, it was like a little... Like the bookstore, uh, wasn't it? No, 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 no. It's, uh, it's now located in a bookstore, but it's uh, ve- yeah, it was I'm a vegan... I can't think of the name, though. Vegetarian or vegan, like, uh, food truck. Kind of a weird thing, but it's Keene's kind of a hippie town or whatever, like a lefty town, so you yep. would expect to find something like that. And What are we doing here? And they were open enough... <laughs> uh, well, we're kind of hippies, nobody. I don't know if you've noticed that, but... Uh, yeah, but not the lefty kind. No, like the cool kind, the libertarian yeah. kind. <laughs> yeah, definitely hippies, definitely. Definitely, um, definitely libertarian hippie. It's the first time I've heard that word, but definitely libertarian hippie describes you well. You never heard Dan Rand say that? And watch out for those I, libertarian I hippies. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm not super up on the Ann Rand, but I'm aware of her. So this well, com- she wasn't she, she wasn't super up on us either. Nah. So this uh, this food truck was taking Bitcoin early on, before even I think Bitcoin Cash even existed. So this is would have been 2015, yeah. 2016, and uh, and then what happened was they. They did well enough in their business that they were going to move into an actual physical location uh, in downtown Keene. Of course, that's I'm like, all right, great. We'll have a we'll have a place where we can have another crypto meetup or whatever. I was very excited about it and talking yeah, to the business did that owners. For years. Yep, talking to the business owners about accepting Bitcoin. You know, moving to the new location with Bitcoin, and they told me they were not going to accept Bitcoin or somehow the word had gotten to me they, that they weren't going they to accept They were Bitcoin. accepting it uh, there in that new at location. At the food truck. Uh, no, even at the, um, when it was in the bookstore, but it, but they stopped. They stopped. You're right. They did a uh, very, very beginning. Thereafter. That's true. Yeah. They stopped right afterwards after one of the stop-free keeners started working for them <laughs> as a chef in the kitchen and they claimed that they had customers complain about the fact that they accepted Bitcoin. Now, this is long I, before. This is just to clarify. This is long before <laughs> this whole Bitcoin's going to kill the environment thing yeah. came out. That wasn't even I, a thing I, at, at all. The funny thing about this is, this is still at a time in which you had to explain to people what Bitcoin was. That, that's sure. the funny part of this. Yeah. So it's like most people would, wouldn't have even known what it was unless you explained it to them. But there were enough people, especially the stop three keener types, because yeah, they were sure. not the sharpest knives in the drawer. No, but they know they hated us. Those people hate, and we were the ones using. The activists, and they know that we are the yeah. ones promoting Bitcoin, and so they came to this business, these business owners, and they said, "We're going to protest your business. We're going to boycott it if you continue to accept Bitcoin." And despite the fact that they'd made God knows how much money on, if I was running a business and they promised to boycott me, I would be so happy. Yeah, well, I get that you would have, but these people were afraid, and the, see, the pressure worked, and it broke them, and they stopped taking Bitcoin. This is this is this is a situation where if I had a customer tell me what to do with my business, yeah. I'd be like, goodbye, take a walk. <laughs> yeah, take a walk. Like I, but I, you've got an international you know, business, and don't let it's the door true. hit you. It's with true. A good and I don't have, I don't have that. Even even if like there was a mass of publicity against Think Penguin, it wouldn't affect me the way it would probably like maybe a local shop yeah. um, just because most people who come to think penguin either they're good customers and it's it's not gonna bother them or you know they're new customers that haven't heard about the negative publicity anyway right you know it's not like a, we're not like a mcdonald's we're not you know like a local business where everybody already you know knows you know it's it's just it's just not gonna happen but i still think the local business still probably you know it would have been all right it would have been fine it yeah. would have had it would have such an insignificant but people get so afraid impact on a local level they don't want to be the center of controversy. They business owners didn't get into business to be a leader in, you know, payment 
accepted. And this is absolutely you know? true. Yeah. Uh, and they, they just want to make well, their customers happy. most of happy. them do want to get paid. Sure, but they want to make their customers happy. And if they perceive that even a few regular customers are going to be mad about something, they're going to shy away from it. And that's ultimately what happened here. It was a, an early example of what we're seeing now with Wiki, Wikipedia and file, uh, Mozilla Firefox, mm. for instance. These companies that are now changing their minds. They were taking Bitcoin, and now they're making a public uh, to-do about the fact that they're no longer going to accept Bitcoin because XYZ. Somebody's I, mad about I, it. I, I find this to be so, so hypo- political. I find it to be so hypocritical, too. Um, just... You know, it's yeah. so dumb. It's so you're cutting your nose off to to spite your face. You're pissing off one set of customers. And these are supposedly pro freedom, you know, outlets too. Yeah. And and they're doing this anti freedom thing. Really, it's sad. Mm. Well, and bankers are good at manipulating people. They are. Yeah, that's true too. There's more coming up here. Six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. You can join us. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here in the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Chris. Uh, the phones are open. You can bring up anything that you want. You can join us online as well over at freetalklive.com. And uh, we've got a lot of features there on the site. Don't forget, you can subscribe to our RSS feeds, which are also known as podcasts. And that allows you to easily receive every episode of the show automatically in whatever your favorite podcast client might be. If you want to get the links to those RSS feeds, you just go to feeds.freetalklive.com. You'll find them there. There's the full shows. uh, There's the digests only. And then there's the everything feed uh, that you can go and get whichever one you want over at feeds.freetalklive.com. We've been talking a little bit about cryptocurrency here, uh, specifically Patreon, maybe looking. They're apparently looking at taking crypto uh, for donations, and I say more power to them. I'm not a huge fan of their business practices per se, but we are on that site, and if you want to <laughs> sign up for our Patreon, you can go to amps.freetalklive.com, and you can use your PayPal or your credit card or debit card there. But uh, if they go to Bitcoin, then then good for them. I hope that they don't see a whole bunch of backlash from, because what we were just talking about is how political Bitcoin has become, that it's just a damn payment method, but people... Are, some people really hate it. It's yeah. It's I, you know, and in I a think, way that credit cards don't get hate, but yeah, they deserve it. It's, they don't get it. It's there's mm-hmm. there's very but powerful, credit cards don't mean freedom. The, no. It's very powerful people, and they are manipulating. You know, I think probably a lot of people on the left and and on the right, and they're successful. They're, they've been successful at it. Um, the so. left is getting the publicity, the whole ooh, bad for the environment. But we hear from the people that believe that the uh, that Bitcoin was created by the CIA, and that gets like the right wing conspiracy theorists going, and they hate they yeah. hate that. Yeah, so. I, I mean, they loved the CIA. They've got the each <laughs> right? side is a conspiracy theory, right? Like the conspiracy really theory is. of really uh, environmental destruction and the conspiracy theory of it was the government who and, created Bitcoin. Know, it's the, all BS. Here's here's the thing that, to remember, people. Government does fund a lot of this kind of stuff, right? The thing is that not just not everything that gets funded by government is necessarily being developed by people who are working for the government. Often they don't even know that they're being funded by the government. So hmm. it may not necessarily okay, be Okay, you're not convincing me. 
I, I know, I know. It, it, I, I don't think I'm this is the direction say, you want to go. What I'm trying to say, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, yes, government does a lot of bad stuff, but sometimes, you know, sometimes they need the same things that you need. Mm. And for example, like Tor, like Tor, and the CIA needs, you know, a way to launder their own money. So, you know, for their own, you know, black projects and things like that. So, well, that's one of the main reasons they can't get rid of the dollar. Yeah, I mean, know, anyway, I mean, you they mean the physical, cash. the physical dollar. Yeah, yeah, they need cash so they can, you know, because they need to do the payoffs and the ripoffs mm-hmm. and the things nobody saw. Right, need to be able to put a briefcase of cash on somebody's desk. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And and the thing is, they're not going to go after themselves. Is what it comes down to. So they need they need sort of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies to exist, but at the same time, they want to they want to control selectively it. go after people who right. they don't like. They're political enemies. Mm-hmm. So one of the things they've been going after to some extent is the government gang in El Salvador that we've been paying attention to over the last most of the last year. It came out almost a year ago. It was during the summer of 2021. Doesn't El Salvador mean the savior? Could be. That sounds right, but I'm not uh, I'm not sure. Uh, that uh, they are going to, or they were going to accept uh, Bitcoin, or they were going to legalize Bitcoin as legal tender in the country that previously their legal tender was the U.S. dollar. And now they have two legal tenders, the dollar and Bitcoin. And that started back in September. So it's now been more than six months, um, most of a year almost, that they've been doing this. The experiment continues there. And and we've had our uh, critiques here on Free Talk Live, the main critique being that the El Salvador authoritarians, yes, and so the El Salvadoran government gang has been essentially, technically, they've mandated the acceptance of Bitcoin, and and of course, as libertarians, we think that's the wrong way to go about it. Uh, if you're going to be a government and you're going to give uh, some sort of status to Bitcoin, just go ahead and give it legal tender status without mandates. It's like passing a law that everybody has to smoke weed. It takes all the fun out of it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and so not only did they take the fun out of it in that way, but they've also bombed big time by trying to create their own government wallet. And of course, we all know what government websites are like. We know how just got off government's made good stuff we wouldn't have made bitcoin in the first place <laughs> right so what happens when you put a government in charge of a bitcoin wallet you get a disaster now to their credit they didn't program it they had a private company do the programming but it's still a government yeah, that's project what they said about the obamacare web web yeah. uh, site it didn't help right it's still a government project it still doesn't have the same incentives that a private company would have to make customers happy and that sort of thing. And so there's a follow-up here from restofworld.org that they've written about the Chivo wallet, which is the name of the government official Bitcoin wallet there in El Salvador. They're looking at, okay, well, here we are, most of a year into this experiment. How's it going? Well, according to the story, the launch of their national Bitcoin wallet, referred to as Chivo, which is slang for cool in uh, El Salvador, has been a flop, with the majority of users already having ditched the wallet, according to a paper that was published last month by economists. Well, the people have good judgment down there. Indeed. Uh, At the National Bureau of Economic Research, the study is among the first in-depth non-governmental efforts to quantify the success of the country's national cryptocurrency push. 
The study by the nonprofit based in Cambridge, Massachusetts, surveyed 1,800 households in cities and rural areas where Chivo may have had minor unexpected success is actually in banking the unbanked. For those that aren't aware, the people of El Salvador are highly unbanked. I think it's something like 70% of the population, the supermajority of them, they've never had a bank account. They don't care about the having a bank account. They're fine being cash only, right? So this has actually helped those people get what is the equivalent of a bank account without actually having a bank account because the Chivo wallet has two sides. The Chivo wallet has the Bitcoin side and then it has the U.S. dollar side. So what's turning out is that the people who are still using the wallet, those who haven't uninstalled it and completely forgotten about it, of those who are still using the wallet... A bulk of those are using it simply to hold and transfer the U.S. dollar. Yikes. Well, if you want to, if you want to get off that tit, uh, Cash App will do the same thing for you. That's a good point. I presume it's available in El Salvador, but maybe it's not. In which maybe. case, this might be an option. Uh, but uh, let's see. There, uh, some respondents told researchers they do use the app as a debit card for dollars. With twenty percent of Chivo users saying. They now spend less cash as a result. Of course, that's bad because it actually gives the government more control over your money. It actually, they literally have control over your money. It's a centralized s- system. You know, there's, I, you know, I have to wonder. Um, there's, I think there's two sides to look at this. One, if it increased adoption of cryptocurrency even a little bit, it, it, that still may be useful. And it probably um, did. Right. And, and that's one of the things. Most of the time when new technologies come out, people don't all just jump on board. They might try it. A lot of people might try it out. Right. But they're not all going to jump on board. They might try it out. Some percentage will take up on it. That's what you call early adopters. And then over time, more people will jump back on board once it's had time to develop. Yeah, and I'll see if I can find, because this article doesn't focus on it. This this article just focuses on the failure aspect of it, but it'll be interesting to see yeah. how many people are sticking with it. I'll see if I can dig it. And they might this. have switched to other crypto wallets, too. So They'd actually touch on that coming yeah. up here. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160, like an actual wallet that works. Right. We're coming up. <laughs> Talk live. Phones are open if you want to join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. You can bring up anything you want. The number is 603-283-6160. It doesn't have to be about the Bitcoin experiment there in El Salvador. In fact, if you've been listening recently, you might have heard the Central African Republic has become the second country on the face of the planet to also make Bitcoin legal tender. The reason is they've got this prince there, and he's been trying to get his money out of the country for (laughs) years, and nobody will help him. Oh, yeah. Uh, they did it. Uh, even though like only 11% of the country has access to the internet, so it's Ooh. one of the least interneted countries on the planet, uh, they they did change this. And now the IMF is mad at them for it. So, you know, what's interesting about the Central African uh, well, Central African Republic. Republic. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting about that, that, that case is that I, I think they're actually connecting, it's connected to Russia's uh, uh, acceptance of cryptocurrencies what do you mean um with oil and uh using and the ruble uh demanding um uh to be paid for oil in rubles 
Um, You're saying so. There's a connection between the Central African Republic and Russia, and I hadn't heard that. Yeah, they're really friendly. Uh, The countries, the two countries, are very friendly. And um, as I understand it, uh, it appears uh, at a at a at a you know I'm speculating here a little bit, but uh, it appears at a glance that. Basically, it's a, it's it's uh, it, obviously it's not going to have that much of an effect on on you know the, the people people in the country, yeah. but it will have an effect on let's say the uh, the political class, mm, the and ones that have money in the internet. There's a lot of corruption, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know Russia. There's a good reason why they're probably you know doing business with Russia because you know corruption kind of you know <laughs> different countries that are well, corrupt. I mean, they're they're kind of corrupt, but right, that's interesting. But, I hadn't heard that aspect to it. I mean, the Ukraine managed to pay off Biden enough that he's willing to risk a nuclear war for him. Yeah, that's true. Um, Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if that were the case, though they are pissing off the powers that be, which, of course, uh, would you would do anyway if you teamed up with Russia. It plays right into Russia's hands because they're they're trying to get away from the dollar. And right. And they're mandating uh, that people who are unfriendly countries cannot pay with the dollar anymore. And that's coming soon. Uh, so we've been we've been keeping an eye on that, and if that's an aspect to this, that that's an interesting detail because the IMF just came out. Uh, I think it was news.bitcoin.com has a report about the Central African Republic being chastised by the International Monetary Fund, which is the IMF. Yep. IMF got mad at El Salvador after mm-hmm. they announced they were going to be uh, legalizing Bitcoin. And so, while I'm not a fan of the way El Salvador did that, it is still interesting to watch what is happening as a result with the fallout with on sort of the international yeah. monetary yep. scene. This and is, now that's happening. This is, think of this as like governments taking sides without making yeah. it too public. Well, I mean, it's public, but it's not getting a lot of coverage, right? Right, so it's out but, there, but it's 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 sort of like saying we're going to side with Russia, mm-hmm. uh, not the United States, without actually saying they're siding with Russia. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that situation as it develops. But that just started in Central African Republic. And again, only like 10 or 11 percent of the population even has Internet access. Whereas in El Salvador, the bulk of the population does. According to the study here that I was actually uh, just pulled up the actual 50 page uh, study that was done, again, by an agency in Cambridge, Massachusetts, uh, the National Bureau of Economic Research, surveying 1800 people down in or sorry households down in el salvador about their usage Mm. of bitcoin specifically via the chivo app which is the government provided app down there in the last several months and according to their numbers it's about 67 percent of the population in el salvador has access to a mobile phone at the very Mm. least with internet access so a fairly large portion of the population does have internet so they could easily use bitcoin if they wanted to there have been millions of downloads of the chivo wallet but a lot of those downloads have been uninstalled since the time that they were downloaded. And according to the research, many of these folks basically downloaded the wallet, got their free $30 worth of Bitcoin, changed the Bitcoin into dollars Mm -hmm. at the Bitcoin ATMs that they have there in the country, and then uninstalled the wallet and walked away. 
So what's interesting about this case is uh, we've seen something similar happen with like MIT uh, with studies that have been done there and, you know, uh, giving away ex- effectively cryptocurrency Bitcoin, to their students, to their right? students. Um, and it wasn't like I don't think it was like the university doing that. But it was I remember like, that that was years ago. Yeah, right? it was a long, long time ago. Um, but I remember going into the MIT bookstore at one point. Oh, you physically went there? Oh, yeah. Multiple oh, okay. times um, over years. Mm-hmm. And one day I found out they weren't. They weren't taking it anymore. Oh no! And it was it was disappointing. <laughs> that is um, disappointing. But, it's the Institute of Technology, <laughs> right? Right. You would think, right? Um, but I, I think I think some of this, you know, it comes down to one. You got to have more than the, just the MIT bookstore accepting it for one. Um, but two, if people don't actually have a, a you know, a, a how do I say this, a reoccurring stream of mm-hmm. crypto coming in, Bitcoin right. or whatever. Um, you know, people are going to stop spending it, yeah. right? So, um, or they're going to stop accepting it, right? So, um, it, it's it's sort of a chicken and egg. I think it's sort of maybe a, I don't know if that's the right analogy, but chicken and egg. I get what problem, you're you saying. Um, yeah. So it's it's you know, and you know, the more people accept it, obviously, though, it's just uh, like a trinket. If you get it one time, and right. then you can do something with it one time, and then forget about it. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, there are. I mean, and here's the thing: for people who are early adopters, which is, I think, everybody who's using crypto at this point is an early. It was what I would refer to as an Absolutely. early adopter. Um, mm. you know, it's, it's even though we're 13 years in, it's still early. It's, it took it took more than. 50 years, I think, or 40 or 50 years for credit cards to see... To catch on. You know, to really catch on, right? So, you know, 13 Mm. years is nothing in the scheme of technology, you know, in some instances. So, especially when it comes to something like this. But one thing, you know, one thing that cryptocurrency has that nothing else in the world has, pretty much, is widespread adoption around the world. Correct, Uh, yeah. You know, U.S. dollars, I mean, okay, U.S. dollars are more widely accepted around the world um, than any other currency, but... The point that I'm trying to well, make here is kill you there's <laughs> what's what's number two. What's number two probably in terms of acceptance? Where Bitcoin. else? Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. that's the thing. It's more widely. It's it's very spread out, but it's more widely accepted. Yeah. You can go to almost any country on the planet and you're going to find some people, some businesses who are willing exactly. to accept Bitcoin. And this is one of the reasons why. My, and this is this is what's interesting about my business is because we have our customer base. About half is in the United States. Half is outside the United mm-hmm. States. We have a lot of people from around the world, you know, spending cryptocurrency with us and it's because our user base is spread out and it's easier right. to do a cryptocurrency transaction and then you don't have to do international exchanges of right, currencies right. and pay off the banks for right. that uh, anyway it, yeah it's this is like one of these things where sometimes people don't necessarily understand the value of it initially but sure, as things develop you know those things begin to you know more and more people realize it um you know sometimes the you know the manipulation can kind of wear off when you actually realize that there's this, why are people still using it? You know, you try and send some money to some Canadian truckers and right, exactly. Go fraud me steals it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, and and until people see why we need cryptocurrency, like as in the case of the, the trucker situation, yeah. they don't really, you know, a real use case beyond just oh, you can go get thirty dollars in cash out. Exactly, right? exactly. That's what that's according to the study here. Thirty nine point three four percent. So not quite four out of ten people continued to use chivo after using the 30 bucks so they so in order to encourage people to actually download this app because they couldn't force them the country the whole country to do it they had to incentivize it so they gave a 30 dollar bonus away 30 dollars worth of bitcoin could be yours if you're an el salvadoran who downloaded this app you have to show an id or whatever and of course there was it was rife with fraud people were defrauding the system left (laughs) and right 
you know, using IDs, that f- fake IDs or whatever, right? Like there was a bunch of that that went on. Kind of like what happened with the U.S. government and uh, was it the, the paper was not the PayPal protection program or well, all of those pro- government programs during COVID. Oh, oh the go- giveaways. Yeah, yeah, yeah money. The government didn't do any checking on like, mm-hmm. you know, just signing checks, giving people money. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, none of that money actually went I, to I people mean, with jobs. And this is the thing. This is the problem with government doing these sorts of programs. It's sure. government that's the problem. It's, it's a, not It's not a right wing. It's not a left wing. It's government, period. But only about four out of ten continued to use the app at all, whether they use that's it for, still pretty good, for dollars. But not all of them use it for crypto. Some that's of them true. Kept using it for <laughs> dollars. But uh, as you pointed out, some people did get turned on to Bitcoin because of this. And so that is a success at some level. It was Absolutely. a costly success because uh, they did spend a lot of taxpayer money on this to sure. pay for that. Bitcoin. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. Phones are open. We're talking about the Chivo wallet, the government Bitcoin wallet down in El Salvador. And look Government at Bitcoin wallet. Yeah, those, are, those are words that I never expected to be put together in that order in yeah. a single sentence. You think Satoshi Nakamoto ever saw that one coming? I think he rolled over in his grave, even if he's not dead. Yeah, I think there's a good chance he's dead at this point. But who knows? Who knows? Maybe. Who isn't these days? Yeah. Uh, so the uh, the story here that we're sharing with you is from El Salvador, looking at the last several months of what has happened with the El, uh, El Salvador Chivo wallet. Chivo means cool, but a lot of people don't think it's that cool. They, uh, they downloaded the wallet only to get a $30 worth of Bitcoin uh, essentially an incentive that they were delivered, presuming that all the hoops were jumped and everything worked correctly. And in a lot of cases, the wallet didn't work correctly at all. And they had to call customer service, which, of course, barely existed. Was there customer service for the wallet? It was hard to get a hold of, apparently, from what I understand. I mean, it's government, right? Yeah. So, like, you know, how great's the service going to be? Uh, but according to the survey done here with over 1,800 households in El Salvador asking them about their experience with Chivo... After the $30 bonus, the $30 worth of Bitcoin bonus, which again, most people just cashed out and walked away, uninstalled the wallet, uh, how many people actually use the wallet to load further value in, Mm. right? To actually go, how many people went to the hundreds of Bitcoin vending machines that they had installed by a private company all around El Salvador, went to a vending machine and actually put money into the vending machine Put dollars in and then got Bitcoin loaded onto you know, their wallet. I wonder if it would have made any difference if they had, had made it easy to spend but difficult to cash out. And the, and the reason that's a terrible idea. Well, hold Why on. is that? Hold on. The reason that because it liquidity is absolutely imp- it's vital to people. Nobody wants to get stuck. With value in one place that's needed somewhere else. And they can't and they do it. can't get it from here to there. I understand that's what you're saying. banker thinking. So, anyway, let me explain why. Um, so, the reason I, I, I'm wondering if that would have changed the outcome is because it keeps it circulating effectively if it's hard to get out. Because it's, if it's easier to spend, uh, you know, than it is to, you know, cash out to dollars, you might have seen more circulation and more people still having currency and st- cryptocurrency and still using it now, um, as opposed to if, if it's easy to get out. If you want Bitcoin to circulate, 
pay people in it. Right. And I, I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you, but ultimately, uh, you know, I'm more thinking about like how it might the have government pays a lot of people if they I, I don't know what their government does. But if they started mm. paying their employees I mean, in Bitcoin, this is a, those employees would be motivated to find things yeah. to do with that Bitcoin. It's a good question. I'm curious if they are paying in crypto. I suspect not. I've not heard anything about that. I haven't either. Um, but the other thing that would be curious is what their um, population to uh, bureaucracy, you know, you know, ratio is hmm. uh, because ultimately, like in the U.S., you know, certain countries have really high ratios. Like most of the population is employed in Brazil by government. All right, really, uh, something like that, okay. or at least all the good jobs. Right, so jeez, and good is in quotes, but yeah. Um, but some countries, you know, that are very impoverished may have a lower because they just don't have the money, a lower, less bureaucracy. Let's say, mm-hmm. um, so there's fewer employees. So I'm, I'm kind of curious where the situation is with El Salvador. You know, to go back to uh, nobody's point about the uh, closing the system, I gotta I gotta agree with him. Like if you if you were to do what you what you're talking about, which is to essentially de de incentivize people from taking the value out of the Bitcoin, then Bitcoin's the wrong crypto for this. Number one, because if you take that thirty dollars worth of Bitcoin and you send it once, well, now you might have twenty nine dollars and fifty cents worth of Bitcoin because of the damn uh, network fees. And then you send it again, you might have uh, twenty eight dollars yeah. I mean, and seventy so cents of Bitcoin. Bitcoin's the wrong crypto for it, right. Anything. So I mean, maybe I, you'd I, only be able to send I it mean, around so many times gets, before you go to zero. It gets more complicated than that because remember they did implement the Lightning Network, and true, if it's, yeah, if it's, they did. If it's maintaining it within its own wallet for the most part, then it's all it's on the have same data. Database. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good point. So, um, I, yeah, and it's like, and I'm, look, I'm not saying that they should have done that. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking if, if people had wallets, and I don't know if if the wallet just didn't have like easy functionality to cash out. It would have made people jump through more hoops, which means they maybe would have been more likely to spend it, and then people and businesses less would have likely more of it to want it and have. And how is money defined? Money is defined as that one commodity that everybody wants. Yeah, yeah. nobody changed my mind about this. That's the way that the Bitcoin vending machines used to be set up here in Keene was there was no uh no two-way machines but eventually the church ended up installing a couple of two-way machines and then unfortunately the government came and stole them yeah (laughs) shortly thereafter and and i think you know it's you you also have the thing is like if 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 that had happened right you would have ended up with businesses with which would have had more crypto which means they might have been able to pay employees in crypto or partially in crypto whereas if you're only getting a little bit of crypto and most people are converting to dollars well the reality was most people weren't converting to dollars and that was kind of the interesting result was even so, after installing that feature so what's the it hardly on ever that? happened so nobody converted to dollars? I think very you were rarely. That, very so, rarely. I didn't convert to dollars. I hate dollars. Well, not you. We're talking about... We're talking oh, about the El other Salvador. nobody. No, we're talking about El Salvador. No, I was talking about here in Keene. Oh, no, no, no I'm talking about El Salvador now. So in El Salvador... Oh, a ton of people converted to dollars. Right, there. and that's... and that's mm-hmm. Right. But so. that's because you they gave away millions of uh, dollars worth of uh, crypto just as an incentive yeah. to get people in. Now, the other th- way to get people on board uh, with crypto... And it's actually good both ways because it saves you a pain in the butt if you're a person who goes out of your way to acquire crypto, which is offer a crypto discount. Imagine if yes. the IRS mm. said, 
We'll take 10% off your taxes if you pay in Bitcoin. <laughs> well, I know that Mighty Moose Smart, I believe, offers a 9% discount, I think, or something like that here in Keene. So there are mm-hmm. some businesses it, that, that have done that. Yeah, might- and it makes sense because if you want to buy Bitcoin on the street without doing a lot of dirty dancing for some exchange mm-hmm. um, uh, over your webcam then you're going to pay several points over the supposed uh, Bitcoin spot price, which is only a spot price for the connected. My company does something interesting, actually. It's not a discount. It's an offer, more or less. Uh, But we offer free shipping if you pay with crypto. That's a discount. Yeah. In a way. It's usually not free, is it's it? It's not like a coupon I mean, code. you're not charging it. It is. I guess it's sort of a discount, but it's more... It's Given more, one yeah. purchase versus another purchase, cash versus crypto, one's going to be higher than the other. So yeah. it is, in that way, a total sure. sale, a discount on the total sale, not yeah. the items specifically. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah. cool. Over at thinkpenguin.com, you can yeah, get that. Deal. Yeah. Um, so certainly, you know, there's... And, and so this therefore, is, on a uh, non-shippable item like VPN service, you don't get a break. True. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be true. Um, mm-hmm. The reason, and it's interesting because... It, it, Although you could if you want to give a break for VPN, right? Yeah, maybe. But so the way the system works, it's... It, you can't. It, yeah. So just, yeah. Too much of a um, pain. But yeah, no, I mean, and what's kind of cool about that too is it's actually a really large amount, like mm-hmm. as a percentage, um, if you're buying something like a $50 item or something like that. Right. Um, because the shipping is disproportionately expensive. Sure. But then on something where we don't have a large profit margin on, we have a very small profit margin like a computer, well, the shipping usually is going to be like $20, $30. So it's right. not, as a percentage, going to be your problem. That's cool. And that's actually the reason we do it that way as opposed to offering like a 5% or a 9% discount because we actually can't do more than like a 7% discount. So Hardware, there's not a lot of uh, room for right. low there, Low right? margins on, yeah. on hardware, yeah. Uh, so things haven't gone according to plan. Chivo's launch was plagued with functionality and security issues, though around half of the Salvadoran surveyed have downloaded Chivo to date, with about 40% of the downloads happening in September, right when it launched. Around 61% of those have abandoned Chivo after withdrawing their $30 worth of crypto sign-up incentive, according to the Bureau of Economic Research. Only 1.6% of all remittances were received in Bitcoin via digital wallets in February of this year. And that's, I mean, they're calling this a failure, but that's still progress. If you go from zero to 1.6% of all remittances, and again, for listeners that don't know, a remittance is people sending money from outside of El Salvador into somebody in El Salvador. Traditionally, it's been Western Union, uh, MoneyGram, whatever the other ones are uh, around the planet that that allow you to do that. So, the, the, so they've replaced one point six percent of their business. Yeah, there's there's one more reason uh, for, to support cryptocurrencies. And it, anybody who's ever uh, how do I say it's been on the lower end of the income bracket, mm-hmm. you have yeah, still there. Yeah, um, one of the benefits is if if you have cryptocurrency and. Uh, you, you can avoid the banks, and the banks charge a fee if you oh, don't yeah. have enough money in your account, whereas cryptocurrency, you don't have that problem. That's so right. So you can, you, can uh, you can buy stuff online and things like that. Lots of reasons to get into crypto. Go to Bitcoin.com. Click Get Started at the top of the page to learn more. If you want the rest of this story, I'll post it over at social.freetalklive.com. Check out Chris at freedomdecrypto.com for his show that he does on Saturdays. We'll see you tomorrow.